Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. are the boys in white and blue and we are back with another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Meisenheimer. And of course we have, it goes without saying, another show for you this episode and we're actually kicking off our end of year reviews where we've talked that we're going to split them up so we're doing a white caps end of the year episode this time around then we'll have our christmas special coming out then we're going to be doing a special canadian premier league stroke league one bc end of year review looking forward into next year canadian men's national team and then a, a special episode on women's soccer as well where we're going to be joined by our good friend harjeet jahal and we've got some good interviews lined up across these shows as well so stay with us for that we'll get into the whitecaps action soon just wanted to start off by saying it's some of you will have seen this on twitter it's been a, a sad week Unfortunately, here at AFTN Towers, I lost my Mexican rescue dog, Penny, this week. Had her just for a couple of years, but fun, memorable couple of years I had with her. Thank you to everyone that left comments on Twitter and on on Facebook. It really meant a lot to, to me and Caitlin to know how much we were in your thoughts and how loved we were in Penny as well. So thank you so much for that. But I, I felt it was best just to kind of do stuff to to take my mind off it. So that is why we're recording the show this week. The last two years, she's basically spent either sitting beside me here on the couch or at my feet as we've recorded the shows. So I feel she's with us with, with spirit tonight as we, we go over our Whitecaps year in review. And we'll get into the, the full year look back in a sec. But in this first part, I want to kick things off by looking at the Whitecaps news of the week because there's been a couple of things for us to talk about. And the first of those is, we've got a new player, Tristan Blackman. 25-year-old, selected fourth overall in this week's expansion draft by Charlotte FC, immediately traded to Vancouver for 475000 in GAM, that's 350,000 in 2022 gam and 125,000 in 2023 gam. Now, Blackman, 
made 79 appearances for LAFC across all competitions, two goals and seven assists overall. He was selected third overall by LAFC in the 2018 MLS Super Draft, spent four seasons with the black and gold, had a couple of uh, loan spells with Phoenix. He can play right back, he can play wing back, he can play in a back three as a centre back. He's a very versatile player. Vanni Sartini sees him primarily in the formation that that he's going to be looking at as using him as a centre-back. It, it looks a, a good, strong, positive addition, Steve. Yeah, and it's... Uh, it's it, I like For a deal like this, I expected more GAM to be involved, but it, I think it's actually a pretty good deal um, considering like his experience and everything. Obviously, he's coming from a team that LAFC that doesn't really value defending. <laughs> um, so uh, they, they've gotten rid of good defenders, and I was surprised yeah, he wasn't available. Baffling. Baffling. Um, yeah. In fact, I think they traded for a, a, a forward or striker or something like yeah. that from Charlotte in the same draft. Um, but uh, I think it's a positive. Uh, I think he almost immediately becomes a starter along with, you know, whoever the other two guys are, Godoy, Ranko, Youngworth, whoever you want to put on there. Um, and the fact that he's got the versatility to play fullback if he need to, if you want to switch to a four-man back at some point or in some games or some points of the game, or even to a wingback if you're running short on there and you don't have to worry about getting too deep in the other parts. So, yeah, I think it's a positive, definitely positive. Good, And it's good that they made a trade within the MLS. It's a, it's a, That's a huge positive step. And somebody that actually hasn't said that they don't want to come here or something like that. So, yes. So. I, I mean, that's the thing, Zach. That there's three big things I, I like about this. One, he's a good player. Two, he's got that MLS experience. He's, he's, he's young, but he's experienced four seasons in this league. And his versatility as well to play in a back three, play in a back four, possibly even play it as a wing back. All such positives really really excited by this yeah it seems like a a decent pickup Uh, obviously the fluctuation of the the gam tam market market is always feels a little bit weird obviously because you you never know how much we're sitting on it feels like we must be sitting on a lot but you you think they'd have some well they have some obviously but yeah um that wasn't a pun either Mm. uh but uh no, I mean overall, like I'm just on face value, it looks like a, a step in, in the right direction. Bringing in someone who can uh, play those positions, especially who can play, like you said, in multiple formations and do it well, um, I think bodes really well for them. I think, like my initial thought is that, like this is the kind of player who would be like uh, a an upgrade on a on a Jake Nowinski kind of thing, right? Like. Uh, uh, or maybe he'll be similar to Jake Nowitzki, but that, that's kind of how I see him in 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 what role he might play in the team. But yeah, so I think I think a positive move for them, and I think a move they'll be they'll be happy with. And now they have also a new player that's actually a new player, not just a guy coming back from injury. <laughs> yeah, or not having played. I, I I feel like they have enough gam where they could like dive into it and swim around like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> oh. That would be my, so nice. My, my knowledge of him is limited, but is that a fair assessment that he's a, like an upgrade on Nowitzki, like a guy? Oh, for sure. Who, yeah, I think so. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. I think he's he seems more athletic than what Nowitzki has, um, and 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 overall, and he's got the size as well to b- better handle a center back position. 
And to, um, to go third in the super draft as well, for what you might think of the draft or not, but to go that high, highly thought of from his college yeah. career and, and stuff as and, well. And he, he didn't come from a, a well-known college either, so he mm. kind of stood out on his own. From Pacific is not well-known like uh, in the college ranks. Well, he obviously likes the West Coast. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a plus side as well. My only concern, which is kind of tempered by the fact that he's probably going to be playing in a back three, is there hasn't been a great offensive output for him. And I do feel this is where we've kind of fallen down, especially at right back, probably not so much at left back, but at right back, we haven't had a number of right backs over the years that contribute the assists that you want or the goals that you want or that you see elsewhere around the league. I can only think of two, I think. Beta? Beta was the best. Beta and Lee. And Lee, YP Lee but, was the YP Lee was just behind uh, his uh, you know prime, or yeah. uh, like, a, or else he would have been like if he was in his prime, he's definitely overall he would be the best ever, like based on his whole career. But Beta right. for sure was yeah. the best. Yeah. His, it's been such days. a big fall off since since then that I was like, oh, there's not a huge but, output. But if he's in a back three, mainly as a centre back, you're not expecting him to to be having a big offensive output. So that that's fine. The other big news of the week is the 2022 MLS schedule has been released in full. The season kicks off on February 26th, wraps up on October 9th. We knew the first two fixtures anyway. We're away to Columbus, then home to the MLS champs a week later. It's the first season the Whitecaps don't start with a home game. Which is weird. It's weird, except it was then pointed out to me the reason that they don't is they can't get into BC Place... No, they can't get into BC plays, not because of the turf, but the Rugby boat. Sevens is booked. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. I thought it was the boat show. Mm, yeah. Thankfully, it's not something that's going to flatten it as much as that. So, yeah, the Rugby Sevens had that date booked. And, of course, the season's starting I'm, earlier. I don't know. Some of those rugby guys are pretty big. They'll flatten them. <laughs> good. I, I just had a flashback to MDS uh, Pacific yes. training. <laughs> asking the, are, you, are you here for the rugby? Yeah, the women walking across the pitch. And they were, to be fair. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah, you can draw your own conclusions from that. But the, the look on his face. I know. I, I was like, oh, oh my. <laughs> Where's this going? Well, no, um, it was just, I think it was just the fact that there was a public thing happening while they were still yeah, there. I know. They were still wrapping up the training and all these other folk are just wandering across the pitch. Now, I, I spoke to Vanny Sartini this week, so that's going to be on our Christmas show. And you don't want to miss it. It's an absolutely fantastic, fun, insightful entertaining chat with Vanny you'd expect nothing else from Vanny and of course myself but it's it's a really good chat we cover a lot of things and I, I just want to preempt part of that just now by saying an interesting point that Vanny raised with me Steve was he is surprised that if you start your schedule away from home that you don't wrap up your schedule at home he thinks you you should by fairness either have a home game to kick things off or a home game to end things. But to be away for both... But that, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, to me, it doesn't make a huge difference. The Whitecaps have had a big advantage over the years of opening and wrapping up the season at home. Yeah, that's uh, true. In the past year. So, shouldn't complain. Uh, but I do... I, I Honestly, yeah, it, the, it makes sense for the... Uh, especially for the Rugby Sevens. I didn't know about that. Uh, because typically, you'd want to use a dome stadium, especially in those in that month of February to uh, start, you know... Have yeah, some indoor games. So. And saying that though, we are away from home. Yeah, March, a lot they're... in the early going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's weird because awesome. it's not just one weekend. No, yeah. it. It, it is. Because I, I looked at that and I was like, "This but, is one city that 
aside from the weather being pretty much nice most of the time, we've got a bloody roof. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it will be, but it also I think that opens the door potentially for Canada to to play there on the twenty fifth, right? Oh, I mean the Whitecaps would have not been off anyway, off their own accord, maybe. Yes, exactly. Mm. But it, it, um, yeah, I, I I agree with like it. It does. I mean, the Whitecaps cannot complain because they have had so many beginnings and endings at home to seasons. Um, but it is it is Vanny's right in the sense of they don't run the schedule like a proper league does, where you go you alternate back and forth and stuff. Yeah, and which is what happen. I like. And oh yes, that's what it should it, be. It's proper. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so, but that won't happen in MLS until there's like let's say 32 teams. And they're each, you know, each, 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 uh, the Eastern and Western Conference or whatever, they're, are their actually own leagues mm-hmm. and you're only playing within them and that kind of stuff. So you won't see that for many a year, if ever. I mean, we, we do end with a, what could be a very interesting game in Minnesota. That's not a game you want to go there looking for three points to, to get into the playoffs. Cause that's going to be a, a tough one. I think, but, the, sorry, the biggest positive about it is it ends on the October 9th. Yes. And yeah, then, and then the playoffs after that for about a couple of weeks or something like that. Yeah. Or... Um. The the World Cup. I think they have to let them go the third week of November. Right. Um, yeah. So that's plenty of time. I mean, obviously, like getting the players released in time for the World Cup, and they've got a week to spare, I believe, before that they have to release them. I mean, that's only really going to affect the Canadian, Mexican, and Panamanian players that are yeah. are in MLS. So the one thing that stands out for me on the schedule, Michael, is that. All of the all the all the uh, Cascadia Cup matches are on Saturdays or Saturdays and Sundays, so like they're on weekends. Yeah. No midweek games. There's no Friday night Cascadia Cup games, which is I don't know. First, it feels like a first time in a long time. Yeah, because it's horrible to have one of those midweek for traveling fans. Like if we're away to Portland midweek or they're away here midweek, it's not. It's not right. No. Seattle, Portland, you could maybe get away with because it's a lot shorter travel. Although trying to go up and down the I five midweek. To get to your place for a football game at rush hour is not a a happy commute at the best of times. But overall, 21 matches on Saturdays, 10 at home, 11 away. 7 on Sundays, 2 at home, 5 away. 4 matches just on Wednesday, can cope with that. 3 of them at home as well, so I can really cope with that. And 1 away. Although the midweek crowds at BC Place haven't been great, so... That's probably not ideal from the Whitecaps front office point of view. Um, two home matches on a Friday, which will be interesting. I'm, I, although I go to a lot of VMSL games on a Friday, that's my kind of enjoyment and my release from just normal football stuff. To go to a Whitecaps game on a Friday, not a huge fan. I, I do much prefer Saturday games, but yeah. But as we touched upon, it's a weird chunk of games and that you're not going home away home away there's spells where you've got three away games in a row and then it's followed by three home games in a row and yeah it's maybe nice to have a base for a period of time but i I just i don't like it it's not ideal we do have visits to to charlotte and nashville for the the first time ever hopefully the the visit to the former goes smoothly i have heard it is hard to find the clit stadium and many people have tried, and only a few are really successful. So, fingers crossed, the Whitecaps can find their their way to get some pleasure there. But that was the the news of the week that came out. Let's finish off this part by kicking off our Whitecaps end of year review. Do, 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 do. 
I'm saving on the, the music this episode by doing it myself. 2021. A season like no other. Although I feel we said that last year. I have a horrible feeling we may be saying that next year as well. Who knows what is in store for us. One thing though, it was certainly an interesting year. There were highs. Sixth place finished for the Caps in the West. First playoff appearance since 2017. A new coach that's breathed new life into the club. Excited the fan base. Got media interest, including American media. You actually had MLS, their website, wanting to cover the Whitecaps. Obviously not still having anything written by me. I'd be persona non grata to them at the moment. But Vanny did spark interest in the Whitecaps. And anything that does that to, to the Americans, I mean, that's, that's a very much a high. And we finally have a number 10. So a lot to be excited about. There were lows as well. We had to change manager halfway through the season. We played half the season away from Canada. And of course, there was that Canadian championship loss to Pacific, which was terrible from a Whitecaps point of view, great from a Pacific point of view and BC soccer point of view. So highs and lows in there. But if you're doing a Whitecaps review, clearly a low. How do you look back in 2021, Steve? Uh... A good year, a great year, a middling year. If you're if you're marking it out a ten, how would you rate it for success for the White Caps? And then how would you rate it for how much you've enjoyed it? Um, based on success, based on my own like feelings going into the season, I would say it's a very a good, it's a good year. Um, because you know at the beginning there was no number ten. Um, they were playing. But he was coming. He was coming. Uh, but they were and they were playing. Um, you know, they were they were essentially playing in a different country. There was no chance for, and you you there were you know at the time I was saying oh there could be a positive they you know they have less travel but clearly it wasn't. Uh, they weren't comfortable playing in in Utah. Um, and I don't know if, if it was just that they were just there were some family that wasn't able to make it, and so they were still some of them were still split apart. Um, obviously also delayed some of the arrivals because of uh, because of visa issues and stuff like that. Um, there were certain players that never showed up and, and had to leave in the middle of the season um, yeah. because they, they, apparently the visa wasn't coming through. So uh, it, it, I think it was for the, what it was, it was a good year. Um, I was just like, I, the only thing I feel bad about is that MDS basically barely got to play in Canada during his whole career here, um, especially since mm. the pandemic started. It was like... Uh, uh, like maybe one season he got to play, and then two seasons, and the rest of the time he was in the U.S. So yeah, that's the only thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what about you, Zach? From a White Cats point of view, how good do you feel it was? From a personal view, watching it, did you find it an enjoyable season? You're hard to please. I, I think the White Caps have to be really, really happy because they, <clears throat> to quote Axel, they took the next step. Um, so I don't think they can complain. And yeah, like Steve said, they had so many obstacles to overcome. So I think this is a, a definitely a positive scene for the Whitecaps. For me personally, my enjoyment of MLS in general uh, continues to kind of, it's like a decrescendo that's accompanied by uh, a crescendoing of interest in obviously the Canadian Premier League and what's happening. Well, there's just there's so much football 
to yep. watch and there's so much more coming as well. Yep. I, I think my interest in MLS probably peaked at MLS's back. It's it's ironic. Something that was forced upon them yep. by a pandemic has been the most enjoyable for me probably since watching that very first season and getting like, that was a high because you're so excited about it. And then that was another high and we had a few good years in between and ups and downs. I, I really enjoyed this season from a Whitecaps point of view at times. I I mean, I'd mark it maybe say an 8 out of 10 enjoyment factor because there were some games where it was simply not enjoyable. That run they went on, the winless run, which we'll, we'll come to shortly, it wasn't fun watching it. Certainly wasn't fun covering it because you can only ask the same question so many times as to where's it going wrong? Are you going to turn a corner? But I think the way it ended has put a lot of optimism into a fan base that was becoming very jaded for things on and off the pitch. And I mean, we won't go through this in the review, but we'll mention it now. Obviously, the off the pitch downside is is this investigation that's still hanging around the club. And that will now go into to, to next year as well with the, the historic uh, abuse allegations and misconduct allegations. So, I mean, that takes a little bit of a, a shine off things. But solely from a plain point of view, it's it's been the most enjoyable season for a long time. And I think Vanni Sartini has to take a lot of the credit for that because, as I said, he breathed new life into every aspect of this team. And... I describe him as infectious. And you see some of the videos that the the team's putting out and Sarita, who's been doing... She's done a fantastic job this year, the the club reporter with with her stuff. She's, like, one of the best in MLS. She's really... Another another person that's been a breath of of fresh air for the Whitecaps. But the personality that shines through, it's, it's impossible at the moment not to like him and the team from the playing point of view. I know a lot of people struggle to to split the playing side and the off-field side. I, I personally can, um, but I know some of you listening can, and I understand that, and that's fair enough. There's no right or wrong here. But solely from a playing point of view, which we'll focus on this, it, it was fun for the most part. Yeah, for Sartini, I'm just hoping like he can like keep it fresh. Like don't uh, like the only concern is, and we haven't seen him in 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 when the team is losing, and that's going to happen mm. next year. There's not yeah. going to be the, so we have to see how he reacts there, um, and that's where, like, if you're winning, the locker room is always happy. It the chemistry is great when you're winning, and but when you're losing, and it can go down no matter what kind of coach you have. So it's just a matter of seeing that side of it, and that will tell us a lot about Sartini. And the, pre- well. the pressure's on him, and he knows yeah, that. Sure. We, we talk about that in our interview that will be in the next show, and he but, knows but, the pressure's on him now to But pressure's up. on every coach in MLS, unless your owner doesn't care and is just looking to collect money from some. Uh, yeah. the, the, the pressure's on every coach. I, I think the league's changing so much so quickly that there's no room for 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 these clubs, and they'll, they'll soon get, get found out. So... What we used to do when we did this is we went month by month. So we're not doing that. We're going to split it into different segments. So I've got it down to like the off-season, the pre-season. That'll be segment one. That's how we'll finish off this part. Next part, we'll look at the Utah months 
And I'm going to bring you uh, an interview that I did with Ryan Gold uh, a week or so ago. And in the last part, we'll look at returning home, the running in the playoffs, and uh, just some thoughts uh, about next year. So starting off this part with just a look at the off-season, the pre-season. So the Super Draft in January, the Whitecaps selected four players. I actually forgot until I was putting this together that we had selected four players. I knew we'd selected three, and then there's this mysterious guy, Eric Eloski, who I don't even remember us picking. I don't even remember hearing this name before in my life. <laughs> we clearly talked about it on the show in January. Uh, am I alone there? Do, do you remember this guy? I'm not sure if his mother remembers him getting picked by the White Cap. <laughs> he was the Steve. third, our third choice. He Steve, was, you, you, you need to get one of those shirts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do do your stick. Oh yeah. I wouldn't know who he was if he came in his shirt saying, "Hi, I'm Eric Olowski." <laughs> I I love that one. That's a nice callback. So in the first round, we picked David Egbo and Javane Brown. We'll talk about them shortly. Then our third pick was Eric Olowski, who I was like, "Oh, maybe he went back to college." Turns out, no. He actually went pro. Yeah, he went to Vegas. Yeah, Las Vegas Lights, primarily as a right back, scoring two goals and one assist in 14 appearances. So maybe we could have had a little bit of a a, a look at him. He was obviously highly rated uh, at some point to, to make the selection. And then the, the other and pick he's part, we had... He's part, he's, part in, he's got a citizenship in North Macedonia too, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. My, my dark horses for the Euros that sadly fell at the first hurdle and got turned into glue, I think. But our fourth pick was a securing the MLS rights for highly touted academy player Joel Harrison, who was going back to, to university. So he could be a guy that the Whitecaps maybe look at for this MLS next pro thing when it when it comes in. He's ticks all the boxes for that. A lot of time for Joel Harrison. He is a definite prospect. So we've we've wrapped up his rights. So that's the, the main thing. So looking at the two main draft picks, David Egbo, a lot was expected of him. And when he was drafted, MDS was talking about, yeah, he's the guy that we'll probably rely on when Cava goes to play for Canada in June and July in the World Cup qualifiers and the, the Gold Cup. And then he actually gets loaned out and he doesn't play for the Whitecaps. Loaned to, to Phoenix Rising in the USL, 17 matches for them. Five goals and one assist. He was averaging a goal every, well, about one every three games, basically, um, in the minutes that he played. I, I don't know what to think of him. He, he's back in the Whitecaps' fold. He's had a year now of being a pro under his belt. Came from Akron, Steve. Highly touted player. Yeah. Until we see him back in the fall pre-season, maybe even playing in the Reserve League I, do, I still don't know what we've got in him, but, yeah, but the glimpses he showed in Phoenix were exciting. But, but there's been many a striker that come out of college that don't do well in their first pro year. I think it was good that they loaned him out. And even though you're saying one goal every three games, um, that's not a bad rate. Oh, no, I take for, that. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not a bad rate. Exactly. So that's not a bad rate for him in, in this first year as a pro. And, you know, give him maybe next year he's able to take that next step. Um, there's a number of them we are mentioned, like uh, 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 Jeremy Obosi, whatever. Oh, BC, yeah. BC. He he didn't do well in his first year. There's a, so many strikers 
even Wando didn't. Obviously, he was a late draft pick, but he he took a few years to get a striker up there. Brian White, same thing. So mm-hmm. there's a number of stalkers that come out of that college ranks that I don't know what it is. Maybe it's easier to score in college, so they think it's easier in MLS, and that's why it, it happens. So that's probably what it is. It, it is easier to score in college. Oh, I know that, but what I'm saying is I, they find it. Wasn't, they find it, it wasn't for me. I I struggled. No, no, what I'm saying is they find it very easy into score in college, so they're not able to take that next step and translate that into the program. The 5 and 17 or whatever it was is not that exciting, but I agree with you guys in terms of he, he can be you know a late bloomer and someone that uh, turns into a solid MLS players, mm. player down the road. I w- he's one player I wouldn't give up a Pope on for sure. No, I see. I wouldn't either. My my big question though is how happy would he be to come back here, just kick the the dirt around in the MLS terms and just be playing in the in the reserve league? It is his opportunity though to go out and show what he can do and what he can mean to to this team as well. I guess it depends on his attitude. He was a confident guy coming in, and he's an interesting one. And like Steve said, I definitely wouldn't give up on him yet. And then the the second pick that the Whitecaps had in the first round, I think was the big surprise package for a lot of people this year. Javain Brown, 27 matches played, five assists, which initially I thought was two, because I went by the stats on transfer market, but on the MLS site, it's five. And Steve, you think that's probably because secondary assists? Yeah, most likely. I think Transfer Market is like, obviously, we know it's a European-based uh, website. So they might not be tracking secondary assists. It's probably primary assists mm. that they go. So Manuel always tells me to check Transfer Market. So I did. And then he's wrong. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I will point that out to him. But yeah, Zach, it was a, a strong performance for, from Javane Brown. And I've liked what I've seen from him. But he's another one of these guys where you feel his second year, his sophomore year, it's a very important season for him. But we spoke about it before, Javain Brown is not your typical MLS draft pick because he was a guy no. with a lot of experience. He is exceptional as an MLS draft pick for sure. So yeah, he went after the 20th spot and players like that do not play virtually the whole season or two thirds of the season or whatever, 25, 27 games he played. So um, yeah, he's a standout in that sense. Um, the one reason why I'm, I think he can avoid a sophomore slump, Michael, is because of the player he is. He's not like a flashy player, right? He's a solid, uh, hard-running, good, good tackling player. Um, and I think that, I think that when it comes to his offensive output, uh, he has the five assists this year, whether they're first or second assists or whatever. I think, I think he can probably get more first assists depending on how they play, right? Because once Ryan Gold came into the team. You know, everything went through him and he was, you know, he got a, a lot of assists and a lot of second assists and that and that kind of stuff. And a lot of the one who, who making plays. But I think with knowing Brian White's uh, aerial capabilities, plus potentially Lucas Cavallini or another uh, decent aerial forward, uh, I think Jervain Brown, when he when he's playing wide, especially right back or potentially left back, can contribute even more assists uh to uh to his stats for, for in his sophomore year so i've high, i've high hopes he, he, he it just he just doesn't feel like the type of player uh who will be who will be a huge letdown now of course i might be dead wrong but that's just how i feel about it and and the thing is he plays a position that where he doesn't need to be like he can play a simple game and still be effective also the the thing is it's, it's like it might be his first full season as a you know full-time right back i think he played mostly center back 
in college. Yeah. And so that, I think that will also be another, you know, tip of the cap for him to, you know, avoid that sophomore slump, like Zach said. But I mean, it seems a bright future for him at club and at international level. And I'm excited to see how he goes on and, and builds on this. Some other off-season stroke pre-season additions. Evan Newton in goal, didn't play any games. Kylo, Kyle Alejandri, who I think is going to be a, a big performer for us next season. Big off-season addition for this year. Well. Yes, two years running, big off-season addition. Um, got injured, obviously, and didn't play a lot. Bruno Gaspar, we may or may not have seen the, the end of his time in the, the Whitecaps. I, I did like what I saw from him towards the end. If we can get him on a good price, I spoke about this in another show, I'd definitely bring him back. But I think the star of those pre-season additions was Diber Caicedo. 20-year-old Colombian, comes in, five goals, seven assists, a fantastic first season from him, Steve. And when when you think that, that that's what he's produced in year one and he wasn't even playing all the games towards the end, he is another guy that I'm excited to see how he builds on that now going forward in a, in a much better team as well. Yeah, dy- it's a totally dynamic player. Uh, everybody like uh, jumped on the fact that his FIFA potential was so high and everything like that, and it got everybody excited. But he kind of showed it on the pitch. Um, obviously, every pl- every new player to MLS has that you know initial you know getting used to the surroundings and everything. And for him, it was like two different new, new surroundings because there was new surrounding in Utah, then new surrounding in Vancouver. So that a double effect, and he still produced. And for me. I know that we had other goals, uh, you know, nominated as well. But for me, probably one of the most dynamic goals that you'll see uh, in a while, we've seen in a while for Whitecaps, like going end to end from in Portland uh, to get them back in the game. I think that was huge. So I think he's got a lot of things. The biggest concern I have for him is the, you know, what position does he play next year? He's clearly, he was clearly brought in as a winger. That's not going to happen probably because Sartini hates wingers. (laughs) <laughs> um, with a passion, I don't know with a passion or not, but um, uh, but uh, uh, and I'm, I'm concerned about the mascot too, by the way, uh, the Whitecaps <sighs> mascot. So, um, uh, but um, overall, uh, uh, I think that the um, I, I think I think he has a lot to prove. I, I, he him other than Brown could go into a sophomore slump because he plays a position where you need to get goals in order to prove your worth and goals and assists, and that's where he could pr- get into a sophomore slump, but. Uh, him again, I don't see it because he's got that drive to want to be uh, the best. So, uh, like, he, he, he came here to get in a step into Europe, and I think that's what he wants to do. Yeah, I, I, it's hard not to agree with you, Steve. The biggest challenge for him will be the role that he plays in the team uh, because as much as he might not want to, he is a, if they're not going to play with wingers, he's a very effective second-half substitute to play up top in one in one of those striking positions because of his pace. And he could score a lot more goals like that one in Portland where he's got speed to burn and he's running at, at tired legs. And so, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And it'll be interesting to see with more time and a preseason, uh, you know, Steve, uh, if Vanny will have more of a second option that maybe does have wingers. Yeah. That's something that he, that's one of the, 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 Tactical nuances that he adds to, you know, his, his first full season in charge. And then the fact that everybody knows he hates wingers, the fact that if he brings a formation that has wingers in it, that'll throw everybody off the book. Which yeah. he loves to do. Yes, yeah. oh, he most certainly does. Uh, two other 
additions in the preseason were off the pitch, and but they were key ones because Nikos Overhill, who we had on the last show, if you haven't listened to to that interview, have a, a chat with that. Um, he came in as director of recruitment on February 12th, so he's going to have a big part in, in shaping the, the Whitecaps for a few years to come. And Ricardo Clark became the assistant manager to Mark DeSantis on March 11th, coming in with a, a firm focus on the young guys in the team. And we spoke about this at the time, Steve. The experience that he brings with him as to what it takes to be successful in this league I mean, this the, the young guy should be hanging on his every word and really listening to what he has to extol to them. Yeah, and um, definitely. And, and and he's come out of that. Uh, I think he came from Houston. Yeah. And they've had a, a decent, it's not as good as FC Dallas, but he's, they, they are able to develop their own players too. But it's, it's I, I thought he was more brought in for the MLS experience, um, like being an everyday coach and everything. And, there are some uh, Sartini wasn't with the club at the beginning of the year, so they needed an, another assistant. Um, so, and a lot of people had him pegged to possibly be the coach if uh, DeSantos didn't make it the full year, uh, which uh, which still could happen down the road. Like he could still be being groomed to be another head coach for the Whitecaps, but uh, for now, I think his value as an assistant is is pretty good. I mean, who knows? They are looking for an under-23 head coach. They might think, well, you've worked with a lot of these young guys. This is a chance for you to cut your teeth as a as a head coach. Because he was working with the Dynamo Academy as well. So we'll wait for that announcement. Pre-season obviously was curtailed by, because of all the stuff with COVID. The Whitecaps did get three games in. They beat Real Monarchs in Chicago. And then a young team lost to Indy 11 this, the same day as they beat the Fire. But in March, it was announced that Sandy Utah was going to be the Whitecaps' temporary home away from home. And that is going to be what we chat about in the next part of our Whitecaps end of season review. And we'll be back chatting about all of that after this. Hi, I'm Vanni Sartini and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. 
And kicking off this part, it's our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for December. I kind of feel folk are going to think we just jumped on the bandwagon with the, this band Wet Leg because they are being touted everywhere as one of the bands to watch next year. But we did play them a couple of months ago, so remember where you may have heard of them first. That was their single Too Late Now that was released this month. It's taken from their debut album that is coming out in April. And English band from the Isle of Wight, check them out. We've got one more song to come from them later this month. Another cracker there from them. Now, we're going to continue our Whitecaps year in review in this part, and we're going to be looking at the Utah months. I was trying to think of something snappier for that, but I I couldn't really come up with, with anything. So the Whitecaps kicked off the MLS season down in Utah, playing out of RSL's ground in Sandy and making it a home away from home, renting condos and moving families down this time and everything down. I've, I've got to say, you've got to really commend and tip your, your hat to the Whitecaps organisation here. The work that was involved in moving everyone down there it was just incredible. And from speaking to people before they went and just after, the hours that everyone at the club put in to make this happen and to make sure that families were together, that animals could go down, that they, people could take their pets, that there was childcare, that there was schooling. It was just absolutely incredible. And I think they did a, a phenomenal job. And although there's no place like home, it it was as good, I think, uh, as they could have got, guys. Well, for me, I, I, there might be other places that I would choose over Utah. Um, uh, uh, but other than that, um, I, I just wonder if there was there were other options. But I guess they wanted they need the stadium, they needed the training facility, and that was the biggest two. That things. and getting the accommodation, it was easier yeah. to get accommodation than say in Portland. Yeah, exactly. Portland would be too not only costly, but it's it's hard to get anything in that area. I know um, you would clearly pick San Diego if you yes, were. I would have. <laughs> I would have, and I think it would have been a really good place to, to fire. But I don't know if the stadium would have fit in there, and plus it is again another place that doesn't have great, uh, not facilities or, but more like uh, places to stay. Um, mm-hmm. Everything's always spread out. Utah is a little bit more compact, so maybe yeah. that was a better choice that way. Uh, but yeah, great work for them. They tried to make their best to make it like home, but I, I think clearly by what we saw on the pitch, it wasn't close. Yeah. I've heard stories of some of the camaraderie from from their time in Utah, people taking care of each other, people, you know, breaking bread together in their bubble and all that kind of stuff. And, um, so and the, think, the people of Utah as well made them very welcome and fans were getting behind the team and stuff as well. So that was nice to see. Yeah, obviously something they wouldn't want to do again. Like, I don't think if you, if you ask Benny Sartini, I don't think he'd want to start a season in Utah. Utah next year. Well, funnily enough, I did ask him that. You'll find out in, in next week's interview. Three of the first four games to kick the season off were in Utah, and the Whitecaps had two wins against Portland and Montreal, a 1-0 loss to Colorado. In between all that, there was a 2-0 draw against Toronto in Orlando. So first four games, not a bad start to the season. Seven points from the, from a potential 12 and then it just all went to shit. I, I don't know whether other teams just got it together or whether being away started to, to play or 
I, I mean, I don't even know really what was behind it. And I know it's something that Mark struggled to put his finger on as to what was happening here. They had five straight losses after those first four games. And then you thought, oh, maybe the tide turned. They got a 2-2 draw in Seattle, another 2-2 draw in Dallas. Two very hard places to go and get points that the Whitecaps have shown over the years. Then they came crashing back down to earth with a 4-0 loss at home, I'm doing my quotation marks, to RSL on July 7th. Steve, where do you think it went wrong in that time? I think there were, I think they had, if I'm not mistaken, there had, there were quite a bit of injuries and, and it was all to one position, if I'm not mistaken. Was it like, it was it the fullback position or something like that? They were just like running out of fullbacks left, right and center. Gaspar would never played. Gutierrez got hurt. Um, Ali Adnan was stuck in Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. So there was always that. And, and then there were other like spots too, where like Godoy never got on the pitch fully. Mm-hmm. Like he was on and off. And he was supposed to be their stalwart at the back end. Uh, they were forced to play with Andy Rose a lot in the center back position, probably more than he expected to play uh, last year. But yeah, but there were some clean sheets with him in the pitch. But yeah, um, uh, but there and and then again, the, uh, we I talked about it before. The number ten wasn't there, and they just and because of that, they couldn't get anything going forward. There there wasn't that link up in the midfield that they needed. Um, even players they brought in were struggling because they just didn't have that one player. That number 10 makes a big difference, and we saw yeah. that when he came in. The number 10 uh, has been elusive for Vancouver for so long, and it's a real, real shame for the team, for the coaches, that they that he, that they didn't get him earlier in, in 2021 because I think they, they could have and they should have, but they didn't. Um, but I, I don't think they would have got Ryan earlier because he wanted to see the season out in Portugal. Uh, my, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, but even if they didn't get Ryan, they didn't even try to get like a, a secondary number 10, somebody that could play well, as, did, as a... Wasn't that what Vite supposed to be? Well, yeah, but, but he was coming But he didn't even come for the whole year. No, we didn't get him <laughs> at all. No, but what I'm saying is that they didn't even attempt to get like a like a USL number 10 or something like that, yeah. or so, another MLS number 10, somebody that can play that role. Because even if you don't have like the you know the Ryan Gold, you still can have somebody that can play that role and knows what to do in that position. They didn't have anybody like that. I'd like us to just go and like outbid RSL for Rushnak and get him now, and then we've got Rushnak, Gold, and Vite. We'll have three number tens. It's like just overload the number tens now. I I half jest. I would love obviously to have Rushnak here, but that would that would be a weird formation. So, so would Steve's niece? Was your niece Steve? Yeah, it was my niece that has that uh, first name, Rasana, and then the middle initial K. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It was a so, good jersey for her. Yeah. After that heavy defeat to RSL, there was 10 days until the next game. And we spoke about this at the time. If the Whitecaps had got rid of Mark DeSantis then, Zach, I would not have been surprised. It would have been tough because, obviously, they weren't in Vancouver I felt that might have been a time to make a change to try and save the season at that point. And then when they didn't, I thought, oh, well, Mark's here to the end of the season. But it would have made a lot of sense then. Yeah, it would have felt a lot more just than when they did it. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately when they did it, it was simply, I think, out of ego for some people at the club. It would have been so cruel too, because it would have been like one of those situations where the team went on a road trip and they asked the coach not to come back. To the city that, like the yeah. return, they basically didn't buy him a ticket home. I, I think they would that. have. I think they would have maybe liked to have made the call, but they probably thought 
the public perception of getting rid of your coach when he's when he's down away from the country, although it didn't didn't stop Toronto. And, and if and they, it would have been if a, they, it would have been bad PR. Yeah, and if they got rid of him in 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 Utah, then Sartini wasn't even available at that point, so they would have had to bring somebody else in. We wouldn't have had Sartini in at all, like because he was here in in Vancouver at yeah. that time. Yeah, I don't think Sartini would have been the interim at that time. Yeah, yeah that'd have been an interesting one to see what direction they would have gone, but nothing happened, and they were back for a few more games in Utah with the the return to Vancouver looming in August. And then, seemingly from nowhere, the Whitecaps went on a run. They went unbeaten in seven from July 17th to August 18th. Now, just two wins in that, five draws, but still a good unbeaten run. But it did feel that points were being left on the table. And they were bottom of the West at the start of August. And you're thinking, there's a number of games here that could have been three instead of one. I mean, Steve, it was hard to imagine the turnaround that was coming at at that point. You thought they'd maybe get a little bit of a run, get off rock bottom. But it was, unless we spoke in the show, unless they won out at BC Place and then did amazingly on the road, it, it was a tough, tough ask. I always thought they were going to be around that, you know, eighth, ninth spot. So they were going to be too far off. But yeah, the the idea that they would have finished sixth, I, I didn't see it at that point. Uh, I thought if they have a, maybe they, you know, you know, air quotes back in to the playoffs or something like that, because somebody else did poorly. And that's kind of what happened in a way, but they did also have their own run as well. Zach, how did... Do you, do you feel during that, that run, it did feel like they'd left points on the table and that, that was, was ultimately going to cost them? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, there was so many draws and so many times where you thought they they were going to get three and they only got one um, that it just felt like there was positives, but also just like, okay, yeah, this is, there wasn't, it felt like there was this like, oh, stuff, there's improvement, but it, this is not going to be enough to get them into the playoffs. Now, June and July saw what proved to be two key additions in that time. And it was two additions that turned the Whitecaps season around, really. One we expected or hoped was going to be the case, which was clearly number 10, Ryan Gold. The other one we hoped he would be able to find some goals for us. And that's Brian White. But we, we didn't really know what what we were getting. We th- we knew that he had the ability to score, that he'd scored goals all over at, at different levels. I I said I, I thought he had some potential, but unless he was getting service, it was where those goals were going to come from, and he maybe wasn't the guy that was going to suddenly light it up based on what he had done before. So Brian White was traded to the Whitecaps on June 2nd from New York Red Bulls, for 400,000 in GAM and a further 100,000 conditional GAM, which I think you have to imagine has been been met. This is where we were talking earlier about Blackman, where it's like, okay, what is the real GAM value and stuff? Because it feels like white white was a bargain, it feels like. But the thing, Blackman, it feels like might be fair value I don't but, but but at the time black what everybody was harshing on the how much they spent on white yes yeah, so many folk thought they'd that was paid for him 
Yeah, they overpay oh, for yeah. a yeah, lot yeah. of. I, talk I probably that. did. I probably did at the time too. And and the thing, but the thing is, is you, you also have to for Gam. It's it, it's so fluid because if the Red Bulls were desperate for something because they had to make an accusation, like uh, bringing a player or something like that, they might be able to willing to take anything. And if some other other teams didn't have anything or maybe didn't have the value for White, it, it can fluctuate. Gam is very flu- it can fluctuate, just like international player uh, spots. Um, that can be different from time to time too. It moves up and down. So yeah, I I, I think that I think the fact that probably they were desperate for money and that's why they and they had one player available and the Whitecaps needed that player. That's probably why they were able to get that for so little. I mean, if you look at the the Whitecaps, it was I've harped on about this so much. I know listeners are going to be like, "Oh, here he goes again." For years, the Whitecaps have never been able to get MLS deals done. Now you look and White, Florian Jungwirt, Tristan Blackman, and it's like, hey, all of a sudden, the Whitecaps are starting to do good scouting, good trades within the league, which in part you can say it's amazing what actually having a scouting department can do and people that's in charge of these things. But again, they deserve credit for being able to, and we're basing this on Blackman being a, a, a good addition, but... Even looking at the draft picks, to have singled out like Eggbo and and Brown, clearly they saw something in that. So people are doing their homework, and it's nice that we're not just taking punts on diamonds in the rough like during Robo's era, and and or players that are signed to a particular agency and and stuff like that. So I, I think they've done well in that regard. Diego yeah, Ulysses. Yeah, he. <laughs> He would be in one of our Flash 5 lists for something or the other. <laughs> but White came to Vancouver, having made 50 appearances for Red Bulls over four seasons, 32 of those were starts. 16 goals and four assists in that time is none too shabby. Now, he did start slowly with the White Caps before exploding. Yeah, he scored in his debut against RSL in a 3-1 loss. But then he had no goals in his next 10 games. But then, bam, hit that rich vein of scoring form, gets 5-8 and eight at one point, and he finished the season with 12 goals and 5 assists from 27 MLS appearances. Now, that's just a phenomenal return, Steve. And we won't go into it too much because we've talked about it a lot. But can he keep up that that kind of scoring? You know, it, yeah. You, you don't know. Not, not he can't keep up that pace, but he can p- potentially duplicate the the amount of goals he scored it for a full season as twelve. Yeah, and that's a and that's a very decent return from a, a striker. Yeah, you certainly goals. would take that. Especially, I, I would bite your hand off for that right now. Especially who I would consider should be maybe this honestly the second and even potentially the third striker on the team. Like he could be if if Caicedo comes in and plays like fantastic in the preseason. Casita could be the second striker with a new one in the lineup. And White is coming off the bench and rotating around. It does sound that we're not getting a DP striker. So if yeah. White and Kai, Well, obviously we have a DP striker in yeah. Cavallini. I keep forgetting about that. Whether he's here or not is, a, is the whole other question. If White and Caicedo light it up pre-season, start of the season... I would be delighted with that. That would be an exciting pairing with, with Gold feeding them and then a couple of 
of wing backs or whoever you get going in there as well. That I mean that would that would be good. We learned this year that Brian White can score goals. But what we haven't learned yet is does Brian White fancy a chocolate digestive? If you're sitting at home and you decide to have a, a hot beverage, would you go for a tea, a coffee, or something else? Sitting at home. Uh, recently, I've been getting the big into hot chocolate, so I might go with a hot chocolate. Oh, and d- do you yeah. have a, a sweet tooth? Do you like like a biscuit or a cookie or? Something yeah, like I do that? have a, I do have a bit of a sweet tooth. What What would be your your biscuit or s- sweet treat of choice to have with your hot chocolate? Probably chocolate chips, chocolate chip cookies. Ah, that's yeah. interesting because I think Jake said that as well. It must be a Jersey really? thing. Brian White there. Chocolate digestive section. I've got a lot of these in the bank that I haven't used, so I thought over the next coming weeks and stuff, we'll we'll stick a few of these in this show because you know how much I love this segment. So Brian White was one of the big additions in the, the summer months of June. In July, though, came the other big addition. Ryan Gold. We finally got our 10. And a, a great, great addition, Steve. What we'd finally been calling out for... We wondered, would he, t- would he f- take a little bit of time to find his feet? But he found it right away. And great contribution by the end of it all. Yeah, it, 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 he, he started off really well. Um, it kind of s- slid a little bit down. It, it was almost like the similar to the uh, Pedro Morales, uh, where he started off strong. And, and because he had played a full season beforehand yeah. and then kind of moved right into a, a second half of another season. Um, it kind of he kind of probably wore down, um, so, but I think after having full off season and then uh, uh, training with the White Caps next year, I think he'll. He, I, I definitely don't think. I know he's not a young player, but I don't think he'll have a sophomore slump at all. I think he'll jump into it and and find the run. He's got the chemistry with Brian Brian Wright already, and he he has good connections with. Uh, I know on the pitch and off the pitch, Leo Wusu. I think he's big fans with him or big yeah. friends with him. So I, I think on and off the pitch, that'll be a good connection. It's just a matter of, of bringing everything together in training camp, and hopefully they don't have injuries with some of the key players, and they can all connect right off the bat. Nineteen appearances for Gold over the MLS season, including that that playoff game in KC. Fourteen of them starts, four goals, six assists. I, I think. It is fair to say that he was coming off a, a long season, so there's maybe a little bit of tiredness crept in there as well. Also, I think some teams maybe worked him out a little bit because if you look at his output, in the last seven games, just one goal and two assists. So there's maybe a little bit that he was getting extra attention and getting closed down a little bit. So, I mean, there's that as well. But, I mean, overall, Zach... Fantastic addition to the team, and I can't wait to see what he does in a full season with the club. Yeah, and that goal is a pretty massive goal. I'm I'm not too worried about him being figured out. But you, you, he's 
the quality of player that Vancouver has not really seen in MLS. Like, yes, Pedro was a, a creative number 10. Davide was creative number 10. But they were – they just played differently. Um, and you can just see – like, he's a prime example of, like, you pay – you get what you pay for, right? Like, hmm. he's on a different level than all of his teammates. Like, just the way he thinks, the way he moves, the way he runs um, – yeah, his football is, IQ is clear yeah. to see, and, and it's lovely to have that in a white cap shirt again. And and he's an exciting player. He does exciting things uh, with the ball. Uh, he is the person who will sell tickets for them. He is a, a player that the marketing and the sales department have been longing for forever. Well, he's and got so, he's got interest now. Folk in Scotland's watching him. So you've got, I've got, I've got friends saying, oh, how's Ryan doing? Or, oh, I was watching this. Or if I come over, can you get me tickets to the game? And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They'll never be over. It's fine. I'll just, (laughs) I'll just say they can. But no, he's a massive addition. Massive, massive addition. Sorry. One thing is the the best part of the fact that he's on the Whitecaps is that we don't have to keep asking for a number 10 too. Yes. We finally, we finally got two. With, yeah, with VT as well. And, it, and, what he can and his stats, um, the fact you know, taking into effect that he did play a season and a half going yeah. into this, um, his stats over a full season is not too bad. It's like uh, you know, if he gets like twelve to fifteen assists and and about ten goals, double digit goals, that's not bad for number ten. Oh, um, yeah, so take that. And 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 so it, it's gonna be that would be a huge positive if you get you know multiple people with. Uh, double-digit goals. That's essentially what you're looking for in in an attacking force. But Ryan and his girlfriend have headed back to to Scotland to see their families for the Christmas period just before he flew off. Though I got a chance to to sit down with Ryan just to chat about his season and look forward to 2022. So go stick the kettle on, grab your biscuit of choice, sit back and enjoy our feature interview for this episode as I chat... With Whitecaps designated player and number 10 superstar, Ryan Gold. So Ryan, when you started off 2021 and you're in Portugal and you're like fighting a relegation battle there... Was MLS even on your radar? Could you have imagined that you would finish the year over in Canada? No, I mean, I was actually, me and my girlfriend were actually discussing this not long ago. Like, we never would have thought in February, March, even like April, May, that, you know, um, this is where we would end up. It wasn't, um, you know, where we we thought our next step was going to be, but... um, you know, after talking more and more to the to the white caps, it you know everything fell into place, and it felt like the right place to come. So, um, no, I, I don't think it was the um, the expected choice, or you know, the one that we thought where we were going to be. But um, yeah, I'm delighted with how the years played out, um, and yeah, looking forward to a new year and a full year with the, with the team. Yeah, I know it's always tough when you're joining mid-season, especially when you're you're just coming off a, a full season. But settling into Vancouver, how have your you and your girlfriend found it? You've had all the weather conditions probably so far, apart from the the snow, which we don't get a yeah. lot of. But 
Like, are you missing the the Portuguese weather at all? Uh, I am, yeah. You know, missing just that nice bit of sunshine. Um, well, we were in the Algarve, so it's pretty much sunshine all year round. So missing that, but no, apart from that, it's been really easy to settle into into Vancouver. It's a lovely city, and um, you know, like you said, with the weather and stuff, it feels so much like home um, to the both of us. So um, we've both really enjoyed our time here, and um, it didn't take it didn't take too long for us to feel to feel good and feel settled. So, what have you found worse, driving in Vancouver in rush hour, or driving in that horrible one way system that Dundee has? Um, well, to be fair, we're in we're in Kitsilano, so we never really seem to hit really bad traffic. Oh yeah, you'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that Dundee, uh, it's, it wasn't the greatest traffic system, but no. you know they've updated the roads and everything back there, so even they've improved. Um, but yeah, um, like I said, we've both enjoyed the time here, so um, we're looking forward to it continuing. That's good. More importantly, how have the dogs settled in? Are they liking it over here? Uh, yeah, they they settled in even quicker than us. Um, the jet lag never seemed to affect them when it affect when it hit both of us. Um, one and one of the dogs, they're both Portuguese, um, but one of them is not a fan of the rain. The other one loves it. So no, but they've both been really happy, um, which you know makes us feel even more settled. Yeah. I've got a rescue dog from Mexico, so it took her a little oh, bit right. of getting used to like rain and snow and it's ice snow and stuff. And stuff yeah. yeah. So, I mean, football-wise, how have you found MLS in in these five six months that you've been here? Was it what you were expecting? Was there big differences to to what you you found in the Portuguese league? I think the the thing that surprised me would probably be kind of there's a lot of transitions in the game it's um a lot more open than a game would be in portugal um you know when a team's happy to sit behind the ball and just wait and counter-attack um you can see there's a lot more balance throughout all the teams you know every team's got really good players so it makes it makes all the games even and um i've not i've not played in a league like that before where you know bottom can can go away to the top one of the top teams and get a result and it's not a huge surprise um so that that probably surprised me and it's it's more in te- even more intense than i was thinking it was going to be so um yeah i've only i've only got good things to say about the league after my first few months here and that yeah like i said that's only after a few months mm. i'm sure after a full year um i'll have even more to say What's been the biggest challenges that, that you've found? Because I know a lot of players come over from the UK and the travel gets them a little bit or playing in all the different conditions and field conditions. What have you found to be the toughest thing to adjust to playing-wise? The toughest so far has probably been... I mean, I don't mind the travel. Um, you know, with the, on the plane, with the longest we've had to travel. I know it'll be different next year because we play some of the Eastern teams, but um, the longest we've had to travel is like, four hours so it's not been anything like too bad but the the most difficult thing is maybe like when we went away to Colorado the altitude there um the humidity when we went to Austin and Houston was ridiculous I felt that was really hard to 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 play in so but it's just you know it's good to go and it's something that uh, that also helped 
with making the decision to come here, getting to go and see all these different cities, all the different stadiums. So, you know, I'm trying not to to complain about it too much and just look forward to, you know, the different challenges that lie ahead. Is there any particular stadium that you went to that you were just kind of like, wow, this is just incredible? The two that probably stand out to me are Austin and LAFC. I think they had a really, when you're playing in it, they have a really European feel. Um, with the stands right on top of the pitch, um, you know, great fan groups behind the goal. They've probably been the two, the two away grounds that have um, stuck out to me more. Yeah, that's two I've not been to yet. I really want to. Austin, when they lower the lights and the green stuff comes on. Oh, yeah, it's, it's oh, cool. It's, it's a cool stadium, yeah. So for your own season then on the pitch... I mean, you, you seem to set in really well. Where did all these headers come from? Because you weren't known for your headers and heading ability over the years. No, that's a, that's a good question. I think before coming here, I only, I'd only scored one header, I think. And that was a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, I don't know what's brought, brought all these on in the last couple of months. But I suppose I can give the credit to you know, whoever's crossing, because to find my head is a, is a challenge in amongst all the big six-footers. So um, it must be down to decent crossing um, that I'm getting the chances. <laughs> um, but no, you know, as long as it doesn't matter, I suppose if it's my head, if it's my left foot, or even my right foot would probably be stranger than my head. Um, as long as they're going in helping the team, that's that's the main idea. Oh, aye, that, that's all that really matters. Aye. Mean, the, the team this year, tough for you to integrate mid-season anyway and then you're having a team that's coming back to Canada for the first time you're starting August bottom of the west could you have imagined at that point that you would have made the run that you did and got to the playoffs um yeah I don't think it was a huge surprise because you know when I was watching the team you know when I first started speaking to um to Axel and to Mark you know, I started um, looking out at the team, watching them, and although you know the results weren't necessarily favourable, you know, I don't think they were ever more than like six or seven points from a playoff spot. So, like, I knew coming here that a good run of results and the fact that any team, like anyone, can beat anyone in the league, you know, it felt like it wasn't going to be too far away. It was just stringing together that that good few results and I think it's an even bigger achievement that we managed to get there considering the fact that all the teams around us that were fighting for the same the same playoff spots they were winning like every week in the last five or six weeks like just about every result every week was going against us and the, the fact that we managed to like stick it out and and you know get into that playoff spot I think it's a huge credit to everybody at the club when you came in, obviously you'd spoken to Mark. Mark was the guy that brought you in and Mark leaves and you've been around football long enough to know these things happen so often. But did you start to think, oh man, what have I come to? Because it's like the coach is gone now or did you have total faith in Vanny right away when he came in? Well, yeah, it was it was a huge blow because, um, you know, Mark played such an important part in bringing me here um, and I was really looking forward to working under him, but yeah, like you say, it's it's football, and um, to be honest, you know, I didn't I didn't know Vanny um, before he came in. So, but yeah, I've I've loved playing under him every every minute that he's been our manager. I think I can speak for everyone in the change room when, you know, 
when I say everyone's enjoyed it, everyone's had a brilliant time and everyone's bought into, you know, what he's um, trying to bring to the club. So, um, yeah, it was a, a bit of a surprise when it happened, but, you know, you have to put it in the past and focus on what you can do in the present. And, yeah, since he's come in, I've, I've had a great time, really enjoyed playing for him. You've obviously had a good impact on the team with goals and assists, but even when I spoke to Max the other day, he used the word arse. So you're you're obviously rubbing like <laughs> dialect on, on these likes, guys as well. Uh, he likes to try and put on a wee Scottish accent. <laughs> he's, he's not the greatest I've heard, but uh, he likes to give it a go. I mean, there's been a few Scottish players coming into the league in the, the last couple of seasons. Some have worked out, some haven't. Have you had guys getting in touch with you, asking what life's like over there and just what your your thoughts in the league are? Yeah, more more just my, you know, my close pals that are, are still playing. Um, likes of John Suter at Hearts, you know, we, we keep in touch quite a lot. And obviously when I first came over, he was asking how I found it and stuff and... Um, but no, no, I don't hear from too many people, you know. Um, I'm quite a private guy anyway, so I would only really, I only really speak to the folk that I know and the folk that I've grown up with and stuff. So, yeah, there's not been too much contact, but you know, if anyone did reach out, like I said earlier, there is only um, good things to say about the league, and like I'm sure the league's only only going to get better with a few. I think there's a few expansion teams coming in soon, isn't there? Yeah. So yeah, Charlotte, so, Charlotte next year, and then St. Louis coming after that. So yeah, so you know, I'm seeing how good the league is just now, and I think it's only going to get better. So you know, there's only good things to say about it. Yeah, if you if you can get Suter over here, that would be fantastic. Although I, I think the BC place pitch might not be great for his injuries. So no, but you know, if he was open, to, I'd be willing to do anything to get him over here. Oh, well, hi. Um, last thing then. I, I mean, talking of Scotland. Obviously, Scotland's on the brink of going to a World Cup. They've only been at one World Cup in your lifetime, and you were two at the time, so you, you don't yeah. remember that. I'm, I'm old. I, I grew up as a kid watching them in 78 and 82 and 86 and all these these teams. Now, we, we spoke when you first came over about whether Steve Clark had been in touch, etc., etc. I mean, what would it mean to you to, to go and play for Scotland at a World Cup finals if you got yourself back in the frame there? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's just me. It's every every Scottish player and every kid growing up in Scotland that likes football. That's, you know, you, you ask them what they want to do in their career. That's probably the number one thing would be to, to play at a World Cup. Um, so, like, I know I've not been involved lately in that, but I've just got to keep my head down, keep plugging away and hopefully... You know, one day um, within the next year, you know, I might get a call up. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, expect too much because nothing's happened so far. But um, you just can't close the door. I'll, I'll always, you know, be fighting for that and just, you know, see where the hard work takes me. Fingers crossed it does. I'd love to to see you down in Qatar. Hopefully Scotland get there. Thank you so much for your your time today, Ryan. Have a good yeah, birthday when it, it comes in a in a week uh, or thanks so. Very much. Aye, have thank a, have a good Christmas. Enjoy Scotland, and we'll talk Aye, to you next too. season. Right. Cheers, That's mate. Great. Cheers. Thanks, Thank mate. 
Thanks to Ryan for taking the time out to to have a a chat with me before he jitted off for his return to see his his folks for Christmas. And Ryan coming in as a designated player was on the back of another designated player moving on. And this this is the last bit we'll talk about in in this part. Ali Adnan had to to head off because he couldn't get that, that visa sorted out. Just disappointing situation all around, Steve. I'm a big fan of Ali and what he brought to this team and we missed those assists. He's a guy that led the team in assists for for the last two seasons and missing him going up that left wing was so evident early in the season. I wish nothing but the best for him. It was just an unfortunate situation. Yeah, At the same I, time, farcical though. Yeah, I was so upset I cancelled my visa and got a MasterCard instead. That's how, <laughs> how I was about it. No, but um, he definitely... <laughs> Um, uh, uh, talk, I, I think there were some kind of uh, fitness questions or something spread around, and then he posted videos about how fit he was. Yeah, he looked and very then, fit. But there is a so, difference between looking fit and being match and, fit. And well, match so. fit, yeah. Uh, but overall, uh, he would have been such a... It, it could have been better for the Whitecaps. Um, the fact, like, if he had been in Utah, it could have been a huge difference. Of course, we might not have seen Christian Gutierrez get as much time mm. on the pitch and, and but, seen how good he was. But he was so, injured for most of the beginning of the season. I know, but but at the beginning he played, right? And that's where he saw how good he was. And that, yeah. I think they, they saw how good he was and maybe said, maybe we don't need to bring Ali Adnan back in or something like that. So um it 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 again uh, unfortunate, but overall I I think it's probably not not a huge loss at this point, and they were able to redistribute those funds to better positions. Yeah, that's the, the key thing, I think. The quality of players, Ali Adnan, especially going forward, was is in the the dynamics of the MLS salary budget, it was it felt like a misallocation of funds. I still have a little bit of concerns as to to what it's going to be like on the left side of the park. I think we'll probably see Christian Dahomey play more as kind of a left wing back role as the the season gets underway next year. But that was it for the the Utah months. The the Whitecaps were heading home. It was the season running. We're going to chat about that, quick chat about next year as we round up our Whitecaps end of season review and we'll be back with all of that after this. Hi, I'm Brian White and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. My name is Ramon from Macarbas Imperata. You are not my enemy if you are not from Nata. We start the second battle, my dick is getting harder. You can call me Iron Man, Russian Terminata. Party, 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 party
Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part is former Artist of the Month from Russia with Love. It's DLB, and that's a, a single they released, I think in November, called Partizan. I was initially going to keep it for Football Violence Awareness Month solely because it's got the line, Russian football hooligan in it, but this song's not about football so I thought I'm not gonna not gonna keep it for wavelength although the video is a lot of fun there's a lot of different football strips and tracksuits getting worn in that and sad news Steve I I know you'll be devastated I I didn't mention this in the show before but a couple of months ago the lovely Loli was kicked out of the band she's no longer in DLB they're just two-piece with her brother and her ex-boyfriend, I, I think he is as well. That's that's an odd uh, to pick who, who stayed in the band and who didn't. Yes, um, th- there was lots of, of murmurs and, and things going uh, around as to why she was kicked out. And both sides have their versions of it that the other one disputes. But Yeah, but it, she was lovely. I, I agree with you there. She was. And she's starting solo stuff now. So, I mean, that's good. So you can still follow prosto.loli on Instagram, but that was DLB with her song, Partisan. So for this final part of the show, we're going to be rounding up our Whitecaps year in review as they returned home and made that big run into the playoffs. So August 21st, LAFC come to BC Place. First time in a year that BC Place had hosted matches. First time in 18 months that they'd hosted matches in front of fans. And they came away with a 2-1 win. It was good to be home, and you wondered what was to come. And the f- it was four matches, four league matches in a row at BC Place, and there was it was upbeat. Folk were excited about what, what was going to happen, and we're back home, can they go on a run? And then all of a sudden, the Whitecaps go away to Vancouver Island, to play Pacific FC in the Canadian Championship on August 26th, and they fall to a 4-3 defeat. Now, Zach, you and me were at that game. Mixed emotions for me, because I love the cup underdog to win. But I knew the pressure that was going to take in a put on the Whitecaps if they didn't. But I I did feel joy at the time that Pacific had won, and then I felt really bad the next day as things played out. But just looking at, at that game, Zach... The atmosphere at Starlight, absolutely electric. The performance by Pacific, fantastic. They could easily have got more than four goals. You've got to give credit to the Whitecaps for fighting back the the way they did. But ultimately, Pacific fully deserved that win and the Whitecaps were simply outplayed in the night. Yeah, Pacific was the better football club, um, I think, by a respectable margin on, on the evening. And it was a, it was a night to remember for sure. Um, I I feel bad, obviously, that Mark lost his job in the middle of the year, but I, I think we sort of talked about this before. I really don't think he was coming back next year either way. No, I don't. Like, I, I don't. I don't think they they were going to bring him back, and I don't think he would have come back if they offered him the opportunity to come back. Um, so, yeah, it, it was premature, uh, but um, I think it has allowed him to. Move on to the next chapter, uh, maybe maybe not quicker than he would have, but uh, with a little bit more breathing room than uh, in a positive way for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the atmosphere it, at Starlight 
It was great. It was phenomenal. It was great. I mean, when you have whatever, 5,000 people on that ground or more, because uh, I think it can fit six, but there was a cap at five. Um, when you have it, um, when you have it like that, it's it's a really great place to be. When there's two and a half or three thousand, it can still be a good place to be, but not it's not 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 nearly as fun when it's full. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, some traveling support, which was nice for you know the overall oh, ambiance. Yeah, of the game. I mean that 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 is what's going to grow the game in Canada oh. if away fans can get two matches and numbers, and you've got these local rivalries. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget it. Yeah. And, and the Whitecaps lost to the eventual CPL champions as well. Yeah. So, so you can look it, at that as well. And that and that looks good for um that looks good for uh, uh Mark DeSantos' resume too. He goes, I lost the cup game, but it yeah, was too but good. They, were the CP, they were champions, yeah. S- semi-finalists in the cup and eventual league champions as well. But I I was happy for Pa. I was happy for all the guys that we knew. Yeah. Uh my, we, we spoke about this. My big regret from that evening was we saw yes. Mark leaving the ground and Zach's we, like, oh, should we go and speak to him? I was like, no, no, we'll, we'll speak to him later. You're like, let's let's give him space. This has been a hard night. Yeah. And, like, you knew he wasn't going to be super happy. Yes. He, he would have taken time to speak to us. He was chatting to us the, the day before. But I mean, we were obviously talking to, and, and socially distanced celebrating with Marco Bustos and Callum Irvin. <laughs> Hugging socially distant, isn't it? <laughs> We're all I, part of the White Caps family. They they hugged us. To be fair, yes, yeah. That was not that. In we case Trisha's listening that. to this, they came to us. We did an issue. We said, "Stay away from us." What you meant to go? No means no, Marco. <laughs> but yeah, we were just having fun chatting to those guys, and the guys from Can PFA were there as well. And I, I do wish we'd spoken to Mark because the next day, yeah. Um. My wife and me, we'd had a couple of days in Langford and we're going up to see her dad in Nanaimo. And I love Sydney. It's uh, the, the town, not LaRue. Although, it's a whole other thing. She did like my accent. I have mentioned that before after she won that gold medal. Or the World Cup, I should say. It's not a gold medal. It's a gold trophy. I'm, I'm just going on now. It's Sydney LaRue. She's got me all discombobulated. But anyway, we're going up to Sydney, the town... And we, the Whitecaps were meant to have media availability with Mark, I think 12.30 or 1 o'clock. So I said, oh, we'll, we'll have a wander around town with our lovely Penny that I mentioned at the start of the show. And then I said, oh, we'll sit down on this bench. And it was like five minutes before it was to start. Went into my phone and then there's a message from Nathan saying, oh, um, it's been pushed back until 3 o'clock. And I was like, oh, okay then. Um, I, I guess they're just delayed, having come back from the island, etc, etc. So we thought, oh, we'll start to head up to, to Nanaimo and I'll just get it on in the car. We'll pull over somewhere and do the call then. And then as I'm driving along, my phone is going crazy. And I'm like, what is happening? So I said to Caitlin, oh, go, and, go and check what's going on here. Um, and she's like, who's that sending you naked pictures? Like, no, no, don't, don't, check, don't check that message. Um, and she's like, oh, apparently Mark's been fired. I'm like, what? And I, I had to try and find somewhere to pull over to, to read it. And then I'm doing stuff. And I had an article that I'd prepared after the RSL game, thinking it was going to get fired then. I had to just do a couple of quick amendments to that. I thought, I don't need this article anymore. 
And then folk are like, did you know this was coming? Because you got that up within three minutes of him being fired. It's like, no, no, just quick, quick writer. Um, but anyway, long story short, then they had the press conference and I was stuck in a traffic jam going up to Nanaimo and I couldn't go on the conference. It came as a shock to me. I I didn't think they would fire him after that because of the run they were on. Obviously, in hindsight, it sparked the team. Vanny came in. Whether Mark would have done that, I, I don't know. Do, do you think he would sack? Uh, I genuinely don't think he would have got the same reaction from the players. I, I don't think it would have happened in the same way, but I think they were on a, they were on the trajectory already for it to to go to go that way. Um, yeah. So would it would have happened in the exact same way? Probably not. But I think it could have happened. But ultimately, the owners, the owners, I think their ego was really bruised from losing to another Canadian Premier League side in the cup. And well, they, they certainly didn't... weren't happy at the stadium, as no. lots of people told us afterwards, and a couple of folks sent us pictures. We and... saw we saw a couple. Yeah, or we saw one of them. Yeah, I mean, Steve, did did it catch you? by surprise and do you think the white cats would have been a playoff team if mark had stayed yeah i, I i'm not sure yeah i agree with zach the trajectory because they were they weren't winning games but they were on an unbeaten streak at that point in mls so could, that was could, the, could he have turned those draws though into wins that's yeah the big that's question that's the big question and and, and tactically did, did sartini do something different with that you know that different formation and did that that, that probably might have Gained him a couple extra goals here and there because you have two at the up top instead of one, um, a striker wise. But overall, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would have made it, uh, what difference it would have made. I, I I do think they would have had a good end to the season, but I I think that they might have been more hovered around the eight or nine spot instead of the seven six spot. So that probably did probably did make a difference. Like I said, when you get a new coach in, you're going to get a huge bump from that coach especially with a coach with a personality like Vandy Sartini. Um, it's a new voice and everything like that. So you that's that's a bump of maybe like five, six points on its own. Um, forget everything else. So that might have been the difference right there. Uh, we're seeing it in a, with another team in, in Vancouver, a coach who like, likes to swear and, and uh, with ice hockey, uh, like a hockey, they, 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 they they're on like a six seven game on beat a winning streak right now too. I had a couple so, of people, I think four maybe five, sent me messages going, "Oh, you'll love the Canucks coach. He swears a lot." Yeah, you know, no, he he drops f bombs. He, he he he, you know, he, he's known to eat ice cream um, in front of people. Like he just he's a he's a guy that's a player's coach, and that's what Vandy Sartini is as well. Yeah, so he uses the the term franchise a lot. No, he's a coach. He wouldn't bring that up, I don't think. Uh, but um, but yeah, so uh, I think that that bump really did play a part. My question is, is did that burger that Axel had at that nighttime, did that have anything to do with the, the non The non-sponsored burger? Yeah, like did, did, did was how bad that burger was. Did that turn him into the no, I think firing that, company? That was just, I think personally, I think that was just a story. I, I really think it came down to the owner's. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, there was certainly a dash for the door after after he had that burger anyway. But yeah, Vanny came in, won his first two games in charge before a, a 1-0 loss to Portland. But the Whitecaps finished the season, and this is under Mark and under Vanny, with just two defeats in the last 22 league games. Both those defeats coming to Cascadian rivals. Home loss to Portland, away loss in Seattle. 
two defeats in 22. Amazing turnaround. Amazing running. And I think for for me, there, there was three big moments in the, the end of the season. There was Max's penalty save against Dallas that we, we spoke about when we did our awards. That if he hadn't saved that, the Whitecaps were not a playoff team. But that just got everything going up full steam. The win over Minnesota on October 27th, that was a key one. And I think that gave everyone at the club the belief, we're going to do this. We're going to make the playoffs. They go to LAFC and get a draw the next week. And then the way that they finished the season with that draw against Seattle and how they battled. And I still picture that last gasp stop that Max Crapole did, pouncing on the ball. And how different that would have been if Freddie had just stuck his foot out and poked that home. We'd have been talking about a non-playoff team. We might not have been talking about Vanny being the head coach. Fine lines, my dear friends. Yeah, and, and and imagine if Seattle had maybe taken a chance on one or two of their sort of fit players for that game as well, mm-hmm. in addition to that chance from uh, the Colombian at the end. Yeah, I, I, I still am sh- like I'm still shocked that a little bit shocked that they they got a draw in that game to qualify and that they didn't I thought they were gonna lose and they were still gonna get in because yeah. of the other results. But in the end it was those other results would have sunk them had they not gotten the draw, which was to me was, was crazy. crazy from a Seattle point of view as well. If they'd got the win yes, exactly number one seed, whole different yes. route to the to the potential MLS Cup. Well, I don't know. Movement. I don't know. The number one seeds didn't do fair too well. Oh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that is true, right enough. I Actually, just quickly talking about Seattle, the, the draw was obviously made this week for the, the CONCACAF Champions League. Seattle look to have an easy route to the final. It's a worrying sign. Could they yeah. be the first MLS club to do it? Yeah, but Forge definitely don't have a good, good no. matchup. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a tough one. They're in, in in tough from the start. But I mean, Cruz Azul coming to Hamilton to play Forge. That's what this competition's all about. And yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in another show. But that that was the the season running. It was exciting. The the way it ended in the playoffs, that KC game. We'll hear from Vanny next week talking about that, but there's a tinge of regret about the way that they approached that game. I think a bit of surprise as well at how KC came out for it as well. And as the weeks go past and you see how the the playoffs played out, it does feel a bit of a wasted opportunity for the Whitecaps. I, I, I just wonder if they'd got past KC, how far could they have gone? It's, it's something we'll never know. Queen has balls thing, etc., etc. But it, w- it was an amazing end to the season, Zach. It was maybe a slight disappointing last game, but full credit for the team, the way that they battled. And it's just exciting as to what now lies in store for next year. Yeah, there was that whole like uh, massive celebration to you know make the playoffs. And yeah, the, the playoffs themselves were quite a letdown. Um, so hopefully as they strive to take that next next step as Axel would say um that there's the playoffs are clinched much earlier and that they're the the anticipation is for actually you know making it to like a western conference final or mls cup steve just your thoughts on that that the whole run-in the excitement the 
just the way that they played and yeah the season was very similar to a typical white caps game uh didn't start off well um not very many you know opportunities to get results in the first bit and then they ended strong but just like obviously the playoffs are a different thing but they ended strong and that was the most important part and and that kind of brings a little bit more hope into next year uh, let's just hope the they're able to bring in the players they need to. They've obviously started with a good start, you know, with Tristan Blackman, but don't stop there. Bring in other players if they need to. Don't be afraid to move players on if they need to do that and and just have the good mix going into the year so you're not wondering who's, like, what they're lacking. Like, have a strong team to start off with. Yeah, and the... This new league that's coming in is going to be a great opportunity for these young guys to show, are they MLS ready? Well, something else we talk about, Vanny to Vanny about, so we'll, we'll have that in next week's show. Really building up next week's show, but it's our Christmas special, you don't want to miss that. There'll be Vanny, there'll be like Christmas-related sections, there'll be fun and games, there'll be music. I, I'm excited for next year. I think it's going to be good. We've still got the 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 COVID thing hanging over us and you've seen what's happened in NHL with a a number of players coming down with with COVID. You've seen what's happened in the English Premiership as as well. I believe restrictions are coming on January 15th that mean that professional sports people aren't exempt anymore. You've got to be vaccinated or you won't get in the country. How will that affect like travel things? You just don't know right now whether the Whitecaps could end up not playing all the games in Vancouver again because you just don't know what's happening at any point with this pandemic. Let's let's hope not, though. Let's hope this was a year like no other and we're not sitting here in 12 months' time doing a review going, well, yeah, they were back in Utah again for a spell or, or wherever. But I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for the memories this year and roll on 2022. But that that's the end of our Whitecaps season review. The first of our four specials that we're going to be doing over the the coming weeks. That's not it for the show, though, because we're going to finish, as usual, with this episode's wavelength. And we're going back to Scotland, friend of the show, out of Edinburgh, Word SOS. And Word has a new five-track EP that came out this month, and I'm playing a song from it in wavelength. It's got a lot of football stuff in it which you'll you'll hear it's not solely a song about football but there's enough football content in it for me to include it in wavelength this is the second track from his ep this is i watch adverts on iphones i don't ask for a lot no no what i want i've no iphone watch but I still make songs Okay I don't ask for a lot, no, I know what I want I've no iPhone watch or a Porsche on the lawn I've no even got a garden, his character wrong I've no plans to sell out, I don't sell many songs I don't ask for a lot, no, I know what I want I've no iPhone watch or a Porsche on the lawn I've no even got a garden, his character wrong I've no plans to sell out, I don't sell many songs yeah. Some rappers would push their own granny up a bus for a Grammy or some Chucky for some Charlie Addicted to the swally and celebrity parties Will never accept themselves and be happy Shot lies from the marketing execs, a targeting experts, attacking perspectives, so you lose self-respect. 
acting for directives Ha, buy this, buy that Getting by on a fart, it smells funky All the money is taxed and going paperless cash will only take in the gap And take money through the street and they a fat cat slap Hey, rap material, material objects Subject to the serial barcodes of projects I gave it free, never focused on pockets They always stay empty, at least I'm honest I don't ask for a lot, no, I know what I want I've no iPhone watch or a Porsche on the lawn I've no even got a garden, is character wrong? I've no plans to sell out, I don't sell many songs I don't ask for a lot, no, I know what I want I've no iPhone watch or a Porsche on the lawn I've no even got a garden, is character wrong? I've no plans to sell out, I don't sell many songs Money can't buy happiness, but better helps I put money on a horse on the course and it fell I put a line on the football, come on this helps But the rest are pure hunt, so I lost it as well I don't brag well, really I can't Overdraft in the bank and my credit is tank Scottish gas, send the letters like pay on demand Pass it on to debt collectors, are you kidding me man? Get ignored like a TV licence People at the door, then I'll just stay quiet I'll sit in silence and if they try it I'll just explain all my streams are pirate I, I patch it, repeat like a captain's pirate Patch it, captions to catch this tyrant Lyrically advised to calm it, but that ship sailed Titanic Portion the lawn, have no even got a garden, his character wrong. I've no plans to sell out, I don't sell many songs. I don't ask for a lot, nor know what I want. I've no iPhone watch or a portion the lawn. Have no even got a garden, his character wrong. I've no plans to sell out, I don't sell many songs. Huh? I could be a better version of me, says a man on TV. Is he selling me dreams? Now I don't really need it, but you gotta agree. That's a pretty cool move when it comes with four speeds. Maybe I'll just date not cook it myself. I'll make a guy on a bike come Neighborhood for real Damn pop-ups on his goal Why is it this hard to watch free football? There's five Scottish games on this afternoon But Sky Sports is only showing English League 2 oh, Typical, I feel invisible Maybe they could sell myself Some appear in jail Maybe feel better throwing pennies in a wishing well OTV, please tell me how I really feel I don't ask for a lot, nor know what I want I've no iPhone watch or a Porsche on the lawn I've no even got a garden, his character wrong I've no plans to sell out, I don't sell many songs I don't ask for a lot, nor know what I want I've no iPhone watch or a Porsche on the lawn I've no even got a garden, his character wrong I've no plans to sell out, I don't sell many songs Nah. Word SOS there, taken from his new EP that was iWatch adverts on iPhones, and you can get that EP on word.bandcamp.com. Please go and support him. It's an absolutely fantastic EP. Well worth your £4. Every track on it is tremendous. And we'll be playing more from that EP over the coming weeks. But that is it for this episode of the show. And just before we go, though, let everyone know where they can find you online and anything that you learned this week or want to add, guys. Let's start off with Steve. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And uh, for me, what I learned is that the Whitecaps are really going to have to set the mood when they visit Charlotte's new stadium. Definitely. You can find me on Twitter at ZacharyAM. Uh, I'm a part of the FV Fanatics in... Uh, in the valley, trying to bring a CPL club this way. Uh, and what did I learn? Uh, I learned this year that step by step, <laughs> the Whitecaps are making progress. That I thought you were going to go into Martika's toy soldiers there. Step by step. I was going to do step by step. Oh baby, but I thought uh, no. 
Toy Soldiers by Martika is amazing. I have that on seven inch. Well, that's good. Uh, it's, uh, but step by step, obviously, Hanging Tough seems similar song. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they move from Hanging Tough to step by step. I am Michael McCall. Find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Give us a like on YouTube, turn on notifications, etc, etc. YouTube.com backslash AFTN Canada. If you're not a subscriber to our extra podcasts, maybe think about that as a little Christmas gift to yourself. Go on. You deserve it. You're worth it. $30 a year, $3 a month. What more could you ask for? What I learned, not really what I learned this week, but it did make me uh, appreciate it this week. Because I said at the start of the show, we lost our wonderful little furry angel Penny this week. And getting Penny two years ago from a rescue, she's a senior dog. And it's only the second dog I've ever had. And my first one was one from somebody that I worked with. Her parents had a farm and they, they had a litter, so we... We got a dog from that, but it's my first rescue dog and the joy that she gave us and just giving her a new home and an extra life and just a roof over her head and the love that rescue dogs can give you, it's well worth it. If you're thinking of a dog, please check out the local rescues. There's so many wonderful rescues in, in BC, especially in the lower mainland and on the island. Have a look, get a dog. Remember though, a dog is for life, not just for Christmas. And senior dogs, they're wonderful. You might not have them long. It is heartbreaking. I don't know how many more senior dogs I I can go through. It's a tough thing to go through every couple of years, but they make it worthwhile and you you just give them a little special end to their life. So bear that in mind. But thank you for listening to this show. We will be back soon with our Christmas special. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. Please stay safe out there and mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.